was just me, but it sort of seemed like the Lord showed up today. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, there's nothing like praising the Lord, man. You can just feel him breaking them shackles. So I just praise the Lord for that. Well, today, like Tanya said, the, the message is called the impact of one. The impact of one. And we hit on things like this every now and then, but it's always a good uh, reminder to let you know that you matter. So like I said before we started playing the music there, I said as much as this is a message for us corporately as a church family, I want you to grab hold of it for yourself too. Amen? So when we look into the world, we can see a lot of things that just overwhelm us. Amen? Yes, indeed. So we can't get focused too much on that. We need to know what's going on, but we also need to look at what's going on up against the backdrop of what God's doing. Amen? I, I tell you, when you guys share testimonies at the end, uh, it's amazing because, you know, I think that is such a powerful thing that God's doing here. Uh, when our brothers and sisters in Christ are sharing what's going on, uh, the needs and the praises and stuff, because it lets us see just how big God is and how much uh, that he wants you to, to, to share what he's doing in your life. That makes a difference. Has anybody been encouraged by some of the testimonies? Amen. Every hand's up everywhere. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we're going to give us a time to do that uh, today as well. But, you know, a lot of times with everything moving so fast and things changing so much, we can really get overwhelmed. And, and I thought about this, and one of the songs we'll, we'll share on the end really speaks to this, uh, how we can buy the lie of the enemy, how, where he says we don't measure up, how he wants to just continue to get us caught in the riptide of life is what I say, and try to drag us out away from shore, drag us away from church, drag us away from other fellowship. Uh, you know, throughout the week. And so, again, you know, Saturday we're going to have another opportunity to get together and do things. So we don't have to always be in here, right? We take Jesus <laughs> everywhere we go, all right? So that's the plan of attack. So I want you to know that you make a difference today. And, you know, you think, how can one person make a difference? And we're going to look at different characters in the Bible and look at our lives as well. And we're going to look at the, the bad, the good, and the eternal today. So I pray everybody's got a handout. i got a lot of scriptures for you guys to write down, some good things to review through the week. So what type of impact can one person have? You think about that. What's the old saying? One bad apple can spoil the whole bunch, right? Have you ever been at a place or worked at a place? You don't have to point or look or anything. I just don't want you to think about this. And just one bad apple can set the whole tone. Somebody's attitude in the negative realm can, can really quench what's going on, you know? Even maybe at family gatherings or whatever. You know, oh man, we got to go over here. Okay, you know, Uncle Joe, this, that, and everything else. Well, you know what? Just love him a little bit more. Just love him right on through it. I'm probably that guy that probably go, oh man, Uncle Bob. You know? <laughs> but I pray that they just keep on loving me. My niece and nephew go, yeah, I know they love their Uncle Bob, right? Right? Christmas is coming. You better say yeah. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> We have a good time. But, you know, if one person in the negative can, can do that, what can one person in the positive do? And so I want to kind of look at those aspects on, on what's going on. And I, I think we'll see that, you know what, that as being mirrors of Christ, that doesn't mean that everything we do is perfect, but God is continuing to perfect us and work through us and walk through us and lighten uh, the folks around us. And I just pray that we're that vessel. And when we do, Mr. Mark, let's just uh, ask for forgiveness and get back in the game. This is not a, a, a message to beat anybody down. It's to pull everybody up. Can I get an amen? amen? Anybody need that? Am I the only one who needs that every now and then? I think we need that all the time. And that's why I tell people, you know, it's so important to be involved in your church family. You don't have to be in everybody's business. You don't have to know all the deep, dark things, odds and ends. But, man, when you're walking through something and somebody just says, hey, how you doing? I've been praying for you this week. Whew, really? I felt that. That's good. It means all the difference in the world. We all make a difference collectively and uh, 
by ourselves. Well, I got a little bit of reading to do today, and we're going to be, this is kind of where we're going to get to, but I'm going to go back and unpack it a little bit. So if you're listening online, go ahead and uh, flip open to you. your Bibles. If you're here, we got it on the screen, but always encourage you to bring your Bibles. Got a lot of good stuff. Chuck's already ready. He's got three highlighters and ready to go, don't you, Chuck? He's ready. So we're going to start at Romans 5, 15, and then I'll say we'll kind of work backwards a little bit. All right? It said, but the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Now you can read that and go, well, yeah, what does that mean? It means that one person can make a difference, amen? One person can make a difference. And like I said, this message is to encourage, empower us, inspire us to be all we can be for Jesus, amen? And to free us from some of the lies of the enemy, all right? So I want to do this. I've selected a couple of verses for time saving here, and we're going to go through a thing, and we're still in Romans chapter 12. So I'm just going to kind of walk through this here. Make sure, Tim, make sure I click this as we go, because I can see it better on my paper, okay? It starts out in 12, and it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And then I jump down to 15 for time's sake here, and it says, But there is a great difference between Adam's sin in God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Right. Now, I want you to just think about this. If you're glad that Jesus' Jesus's gift is bigger than Adam's offense, let me hear you say amen. amen. All right, I just want to, I just threw that in there, okay? We read it, Tim? Thank you, buddy. Now, we're going to 16. It says, in the result of God's gracious gift, is very different from the result of that one man's sin, for Adam's sin led to condemnation. Okay, he's under the line for a reason, okay? But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. So if you know that for, about God's forgiveness, let me hear you say amen. amen. Amen, okay. Let's keep on rolling, 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and the death through this one man, Jesus Christ. It gets better. You ready? You got me, Tim? Thank you, buddy. Verse 18 says this. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Man, that's a good word. That's just a good word. And so let's take a look as we go through here. What actually happened back then? You know, we were saying one man's this, one man's that. He's comparing the two. And I said, I went through this last night and I started underlining stuff. And I said, did you notice the words used to describe everything God had? And I just pulled a couple out. Great difference. Gracious gift. Wonderful grace in his forgiveness. Righteousness. Right race relationship and new life. See, you know, as we're putting the songs together, the Lord's just leading those new days, man. Things like that. Uh, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. That's what I want you guys to feel and take away from here. But you know, we're going to start out, we're going to we're unpack this thing a little bit. I just want to give you the setting for where we're pulling this from, okay? And so... If you got your Bibles and your handouts, let's take a look at this. The first thing we're going to talk about is bad. Usually you say, I got some good news and some bad news. And people say, well, give me the bad news first. All right? And I wrote this in my notes. I want you to check this out. 
I thought this was kind of kind of neat of the Lord gave me. If I find it, you know it's good because the devil's trying to hide it from me. I said, the bad news is not as bad as the good news is good. Does that make sense? The bad news is not as bad as the good news is good. That's a good place to say amen. All right. So let's take a look at well, what are we talking about when we're talking about the bad news, okay? Well, we see that one man's sin, that's the bad news. And it affected all of us. Everybody's affected by that. Everybody's affected by that. But see, we got another side of the coin, too. But we're just going to work on this one. We won't stay there too long, all right? What happened in that? Death. Now, I got a lot of scripture you guys can write down and, and go back. I really lace this thing with a lot of scripture. I want to rivet this in our hearts, okay? And it says this. I'm just going to give you the first, as Jesse says, the inky dink part, the little small part, because there's two sides of this, and we'll bring that in on the good, okay? Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Man, that's working, right? When you work, what do you get? You get a wage, right? And he says the wages of sin is death. That's why we know that it's not about what we're doing. It's about what God's done. But look at that. Look at how one man's, one man's sin brought death. Man, death to relationship. Death to, to peace and freedom. All right, what else do we see? It brought separation. Isaiah 59.2 starts out like this. It says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Do you ever feel like that? It's like, man, I've just blown it so bad. God is distant from me, Right? Well, let me tell you about the grace of God. Hold on to the next slide. It's coming. Amen? All right. Judgment. We see where that brought judgment. And I wrote this down. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this. And we all must stand before Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things we've done while in this body, whether good or bad. Let me stop right there. You have to study the whole chapter there because if you just read that, you think it's based on my works. Talking about the judgment there is not talking about your salvation. Come on Tuesday night, we'll break it out even further. But I just want to let you know, it's about what Jesus has done. Amen? But you know what? That judgment. Man, what do we feel like when we think about judgment? I mean, you cannot even be doing something and, and, and a cop pull by and you start checking your speed. You start looking at that judgment thing, man. It doesn't bring a lot of peace, does it? It really doesn't because you start checking everything. Oh, I think I stopped all the way good there. I think I did this. I think I did that. But you know what? God's got it all worked out for you and me when we call on the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? And look at this. This is a big one I want to talk about. Condemnation. Romans 5.18. We read through it a little while ago, but I'll refresh this with it. Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Now, I, I want to break this out. I, I found this little article, and I thought, this is perfect way to explain this, all right? So you guys listen up, and I'm going to give you conviction versus condemnation. Sometimes we think they're the same, but I'm going to show you the difference here. Conviction shows you the answer, the blood of Jesus, which washes away the sin, while condemnation shows you the problem. It shows you the sin, the past, and your failures. Condemnation shows you the problem, but conviction shows you the answer. I want you to hear that. I'm going to read it again. Condemnation shows you the problem, but conviction shows you the answer. When you blow it, God doesn't say, you're worthless, you're terrible, I don't want to see anymore. That would be condemnation. God says, that's not the best for you. Come on back. There's a big difference, isn't it? Jesse, Jesse loves football, and he loves the coaching aspect. And he says, why don't people see that they get so much more out of positive reinforcement? He likes, he likes coaches that see the positive. Yeah, they still make corrections. 
They still tell them, hey man, look, we can do that better. We can go from here. Don't forget, this is what we practice. This is what's going on, man. But get in there and let's go. I believe that's what God tells us. Come on. I paid the price. Yes, you missed the mark, but let's get back in here because I paid the price for it all. But let's keep on moving. Let's keep on going. Where condemnation says, you know what? You're off the team. You're done. We can't use you anymore. That's not what God says. He says, you know what? What he said back here? But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. That's what I want us to hear today. So how would it feel to really digest that? I know we have, but I want you to think about that. How would it really feel if we applied that to our life? And just say, you know, okay, the conviction is the Lord says, you know, you shouldn't do that. Let's stop doing that. Let's get back in the game. You say, okay, Lord, help me. Help me with this. Because the truth of the matter, if we could do it on our own, we would do it, right? Amen? But see, the truth of the matter is we, we don't gravitate to the sins we don't like. We gravitate to the ones we do like. And we go, well, okay, okay. And then the next thing you know, wow, man, we got, a, we got a, a, a difficult situation. And God's constantly wooing us back through his love. Pulling us back and saying, hey, look, I've given you everything to give you the best. And it's available to you. Moms and dads, aunts and uncles, grandparents, uh, and all in between. You know, we, we have children grow up. I got a mirror. I know why my dad was bald. I think I had a lot to do with that. You know, <laughs> it's got everybody I grew with go, yes, indeed. You know, he would say, son, son, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, this is it. You know, and like I tell my boys, I said, I did not wake up 48 years old. I'm just trying to tell you something. But they go, oh, okay. I talked to my sister, you know, she's like, we were talking about different things. And I said, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, you ever have those big brothers and sisters conversations? You go, yeah, me too. You know, you just kind of relating to a few things. But here's the whole truth of the matter is this. There's sometimes that maybe we have to step back and let God do the work. Amen. That's hard. Is it hard sometimes? Because you want to fix it. Dad wants to fix it, man. Dad's got the tool belt. He wants to fix it. And man, I found out I can mess up a whole lot more than I can fix at times, you know. Mom does too, right? The mom's like, well, let me do this. And it's real hard sometimes to go, ah, God's, God's got to do this one. God's got to do this one. And that's tough. But I tell you, when we get to that point and do this hands up and say, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. Lord, it's going to have to be you showing up to make it happen. He's able, isn't he? He's willing, isn't he? You know? And, and I, I think about this stuff and I think about how much I love my family. You know, and I think about how much I, I love my kids. I mean, you just do anything for them, you know. Let me tell you, when your knees feel like this, you do not want to run football patterns when you get home from work. But I do because I love that time. And he goes, Dad, you're the cortisone king, ain't you? You need another shot in your leg. And I'm going, okay, just, just, can we just do short routes, you know. But you know what? That's okay because I want to be involved. I want to do what I can do, you know. I want to be there. I want, I want to make memories. See, man, this is not on here. I'm just talking just what God showed me. What will your family remember about you? And I think about this because I think I've done so many funerals here lately. What legacy will you leave? When they think about, oh, man, when I think about my granddad, man, I think about this, this, this. When I think about my grandmother, I think about this. When I think about my dad, when I think about my brother, I pray that we're leaving a lasting impact for Christ, but they have a good time, too. Because they, they say, man, everybody say, man, your dad's crazy. <laughs> See, when Jesse gets friends over, sometimes he goes, Dad, you're taking my friend. 
I just love having fun, man. We get out there in the middle. Especially if the kid likes music, I'll jam all night. Just like we were playing Xbox. It's like, yeah, man, what do you think? What are you going to do, you know? Here, you try it. You know, because I just enjoy people. I enjoy friends and everything else. Well, guess what? If you do, you're going to invest in them. And guess what? And if you invest in them, you probably get wounded sometimes. Amen. And I really believe that people don't set out to do that. I don't want to wound anybody. I'm sure that sometimes, you know, hey, I'm talking to people and this and that. Hey, how you doing? And I'm going over here and they're like, well, he didn't even say nothing to me. Well, he didn't. I'm just trying to, to catch all of them. That's why I stand at the back so I can hug every one of y'all when you leave. You ain't getting out. Right? It's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? I only got a second, but I just want to let you know I care, you know? That is not in the notes. I don't even know where I'm at, but I thought it was important. All right? <laughs> so let's keep on going. How freeing would it be to really take in what God's done? You know, instead of being under the condemnation, never realize when the conviction of the Holy Spirit moves on our heart and God whispers to our spirit to make adjustments, it's out of love. Amen? It's out of love. I pray that when, when we minister to people, that it's out of love. You know? I don't enjoy putting anybody on the spot. I don't want to beat anybody up. I don't want to, as I say, put them in a the chicken wing for Jesus. Oh, okay, I believe. You know? No. I just want you to know how good he is. And God will do that. God will take the part and love you to where you need to be. Amen? He's a loving, gracious God. So let's get to the good news. Somebody say amen. We're going to do it. Yeah. They say, man, get off that bad news, buddy. Here we go. Well, I want you to remember, what's the name of the, the, the sermon? The Impact of One. We'll talk about some of the good. It's always good to have an example, isn't it? Now, our number one example is who? Jesus. Amen. No, no, Moses, he, he's doing good, but we want to ultimately go follow Jesus. I set you up with that. Sorry, I clicked it. All right. But see, let's look at the life of Moses. Now, what did God do to use Moses? He spoke to him through a burning bush, said, hey, man, you're going to deliver my people? And first thing he did is this. We call it the back paddle. You got the wrong guy. I can't even speak good. Send somebody else. What will the neighbor say? You know the whole deal. He's out there like this. And he says, Moses. I love that part of the Ten Commandments. Y'all watch that, don't you? Moses. Shut them shoes. No, that's the, that's the, that's the buffalo version. Give them shoes off. You're on holy ground. Right? And he goes, man. And he starts telling God all the things he can't do. And God goes, yeah, I know. But I'm still fine. See, did y'all ever do that? When a guy called me to preach, somebody asked me the other day, how did you know? I said, he told me. What do you mean? I said, he, he told me. I, I know that this is what I'm supposed to do, right? But that was like 10 years ago. So for 10 years, I go, hey, I'll play music for you. How about that? Because uh, now I want you to preach. But he's gracious. Hey, uh, I want to do this. And I'm going, Me? Over here? I'm telling you, come on, y'all know you do the same thing. Are you doing this? He didn't say that, did he? You know? Or we'll give him some crazy stuff. Well, if you make it snow in June, I know you were really talking to me, right? And you flip on the TV. Look at Alaska. It's got extra snow. You didn't say where, right? God is so gracious to us. God is so gracious to us. Let's get back to Moses. God used Moses. Did he have some shortcomings? Amen. Did he blow it? Amen. He, he did. He blew it. He get out of there, so he can't go. And you know, did you think it went down like Moses thought? I mean, finally he gets the revelation. He said, I'm going to go. My brother's going to go with me. I'm going to go in there. God's with me. I tell him, I am. Has sent me. Everything's good. And guess what? It got worse. You know, here they said, look, man, don't you ever show your face back up in here again. 
So he goes and goes and goes. He knocks on the door. Hey, Pharaoh, what's up? Man, you look familiar. Uh, you got to let the people go. Excuse me? You have lost your mind. And so, and so I can just picture Moses. Can you imagine being in Moses' moccasins? <laughs> you know, you sitting there going, wow, but God, you said. But you said, I thought, I mean, I thought we'd be out like by two. You know what I mean? What's going on here? So what he does? What? Start sending the plagues and everything else. And then guess what? It made it worse for the people because they had to start getting their own straw. Y'all know the store and everything. And, and, and now people are going, dude, we thought you was going to help us. You ever got in that situation and people go, can you just stop helping? Can you just stop helping? But you got to get through that other side because God was working things out. He was working things out. Did it go down just like God said? Yeah. Did it go down like Moses thought? Probably not. But he got through the other side. Amen. Let's take a look at this. What about Joshua? Think about Joshua. He's an obedient leader. Uh, followed the Lord strong, man. And, and he was the one that got to go to the promised land. <coughs> Moses did all that stuff. He got to the border. And God said, no. Ouch. <coughs> did God still take care of him? Absolutely. I guarantee you get to see him. When, when we leave here, I guarantee you say, hey, man, that's a pretty cool walking stick you got there. You know, man, that's amazing how God used you. You know, I thought about your life a lot and how God used you. You know what? God used me in this area. Look at the people in the Bible. They're not much different from us. Amen. So Joshua was used in a mighty way. What about Joseph? I'm talking about Joseph with the coat of many colors. Man, that'll preach by itself right there. Man, he was arrogant. Man, I had a dream. I'm better than all y'all. That all, that's always a good crowd pleaser, isn't it? Hey, let's bring a little unity to the family. Hey, guess what? I'm better than you. Uh, come on, go with us. Come on, walk with us over here. I'll put you in this hole, right? You know? And so, but God worked that out in his life. And when he got a hold of what God was doing, God used him to save a nation. God used him to save a nation. But you know what? As a little boy, he didn't understand everything. How come we don't understand everything? Because we're still growing. Even though we're set in the family, Secure with the Lord the Holy Spirit when we call upon the name of Jesus. But God's still working a few things out. Amen. And what I say, preaching to me first, guess what? That'd be a good thing to look in the mirror and say, Lord, you know what? I know you're still doing work, but you know what? The score is settled because you've already done it on the cross. Amen. I want you to hear that today. Well, what about David? Good old David. Man, after God's own heart, blew it more than anybody you know if you look around. But he loved the Lord. He was quick to repent to get back in the game. I like calling him the giant slayer. What giants in your life need to be slayed? You know? And, and, and you know, I don't think it's all about throwing rocks. I think it's about leaning into what God's showing us and standing on the promises of God. Here's one more for the guys, then we'll go to the girls. Is that all right? Don't want to leave nobody out. Paul. Come on, Paul. There you are. Man, Paul was chosen to bring the gospel message to the Gentiles. This yeah, Paul and Saul. That's right. You got it. Same one. Chuck it on it, baby. Leave ready. It was Saul back in the old days, but God, when he got a when he got touched by God, it revolutionized him so big and so amazing it changed his name. Have you ever got touched by God, man? You don't even know what your name is, but you know who Jesus is. That's what I'm talking about. I pray today that you feel the presence of God as we share through these these men and women of the Bible. Yeah, great things happen, but I want you to see. But you know what? Everything wasn't perfect in their life. It didn't go down just like they thought, but God worked that uniqueness for his good. I had a friend of mine call me last night. I hadn't talked to a long time, and he was telling me about different things going on in his life, and he said, man, this guy really tried to, really tried to do me in. He really tried to jam up my, my uh, character and everything. And he said this. 
He said, but you know what the amazing thing was? He said, with this man attended for doing evil, God brought good out of it. Think about that. There's a lot of times people say, well, you know that's an attachment. I can't believe ride that long ride that motorcycle now. I mean, we're just filling the blank, everything out loud. And then somebody say, but guess what? He left my brother to the Lord. You know? Hey, you know what? It's all about Jesus. Everybody is not going to like you. But God will always love you. That's not in the notes, but I like that. God will always love you. Man. You know, Tanya prays sometime, and I love this. She says, there's nothing I can do that the Lord will love me less. He's always going to love me the same. Because he sees us through the lens of the sacrifice of Christ. Do we look at other people like that? Hmm. I hope we do. And if we don't, today's a great day to start. Not only do we look at other people, I'm asking, do we look at other people through the lens of what the Lord has done? Do we look at our own life through the lens of what the Lord has done? Because, boy, we can be our worst enemy. Amen? We can be our worst enemy. Well, let's keep on going. Don't want to leave the ladies out. What about Mary? I found out something. Mary means wise woman. We're talking about the mother of Jesus. She was obedient and faithful. Aren't you glad for the impact of one? All right. Mary. Mm-mm-mm. The sister of Moses. Save Moses. Had him in that little, I'm going to call it a raft. Somebody help me. Whatever it is. It looked like a bread basket on the movie I saw. Right? <laughs> The Lord tells you just how they made it and everything else is amazing. It's almost like a miniature ark when you go and start studying that out. But God used her. And here's something that, that we don't really think about. You know, back at this time uh, in the world, women uh, didn't have a whole lot of say-so. But the Bible talks about where she was a great leader. I think that's amazing. That's awesome right there, isn't it? Well, let's keep on going. Mary Magdalene, boy, she gets a bad rap, don't she? You ever had somebody just got a bad rap? And somebody tell you about something, oh, man, this person, I'm this person. And then you say, well, they treated me good. They've been all right to me. See, we can, we can just tear down somebody, and it really doesn't make you any higher. My dad told me something one time. He says, son, if you have to tear down somebody to make yourself stand taller, you're missing the mark. You have missed the whole thing. You don't need to tear down anybody. You don't need to brag. You just do what you do, and the cream will always rise to the top. That's a good word right there. I tell you what, my dad got smart when I turned about 25. Isn't that amazing? I was like, man, this dude's awesome, man. What else you got, you know? But you know, there's a difference, too, between hearing and listening. It took me about five more years to start applying that, and I'm still trying to apply some of the things that he spoke into my life. But Mary Magdalene, she was the first evangelist, man. She said, hey, he's risen. Tell somebody. You know, and when you, when you catch a hold of that, you've got to tell somebody. I was often wondering, how can you be saved and sit on the sidelines? I don't do good with that. I don't. I've got to tell everybody. Man, I've got, I got to tell them. Now, I don't have to turn around and track you down. I don't have to grab my Bible and start swatting you with it. But, man, I want to be able to give you an account of what God's done in my life. If you're willing to listen, I'm willing to tell you. And what I always tell them is, and he'll do the same for you. He'll do the same for you. What about Ruth? Love that. That's my mama's name. You know I had to pick Ruth out of there. She was in the family line of David and Jesus. God saw fit to take this, this woman here, Moabite woman, Moabite woman, and said, I'm going to leave what I used to believe, and I'm going to trust in what you believe, and I'm trusting in the Lord. And God brought not only David, but the Lord Jesus through her lineage. Amazing. Isn't that something? Now here, I'm going to give you all some homework that will be a blessing to you. If you ever get a chance, read the book of Esther. 
Powerful story. I won't give it all away, but I'm going to tell you what. People say, oh, the Bible's boring. I don't know what they're reading. Man, it's got love stories in there. It's got action. It's got this. It's got this. It's got betrayal. It's got resurrection life. Man, let me tell you. You want to see some of that there? Check out the book of Esther. I'll give you a little background on her. She, uh, she was an orphan. She was a Jew. Evidently a very attractive lady. Her uncle was raising her. And uh, they went out through the kingdom that they were, they were going to uh, take in some more uh, queens. And so she, she won a beauty pageant. And she was one of the queens, right? And time went by and there was a very evil man in the kingdom. I think his name is Haman, right? Grandma, is that right? Haman, is that right? And he was buddying up with the king and his whole plot was, I'm going to kill off all the Jews. Well, she got wind of that. Now listen to this. She was not even allowed in the presence of the king unless he summonsed her. To be, if you just walked in legally at that time, he could kill you because he hadn't, hadn't beckoned for you. And I just want to tell you what the stakes were. And she said, you know what? This guy, this guy's bad news. He's trying to kill my people. And, he, you know, people can sell you a story sometimes if you're not careful. If you don't check all the facts and details, next thing you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. Well, you know what? God worked it out, had her in a place at that right time. How many know God's timing is perfect? I believe that you're in the right place right here, right now. Not here by accident. Oh, we just happened to go today. No, God's got something in this message for you, okay? So claim that by faith. But she goes and she prepares herself and everything else. And she goes into his presence. But God gives her favor. And she starts talking and spending time with him. She fixes a meal. And she, she takes the bad guy, Haman, and, and says, well, why don't you come and have dinner with us, right? And then she exposes his plan. And everything flips. And he's the one that gets annihilated. But what I'm saying is this, through her act of obedience, through God setting her in that place for a time such as this, save her people. Now, she could have shut up and probably, she might have been okay for a while, right? But the courage of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord working in her life, got her to stand tall, got her to be used for who she was and, and what she was there for. You know, sometimes we say, well, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel like God's got a plan for my life. Well, he does. And I want to tell you what, keep praying and keep seeking and reading the word. Get with some of your brothers and sisters here in Christ and, and we'll pray with you because I believe God is going to show you what that is. And it might not look like mine, it might not look like hers, it might not look like his, but I'm going to tell you, it's just as important because you are unique in God's masterpiece, amen? And when we're in the hand of God, let me tell you, he can do some molding, can he? He can work some things out. That's the love of God. I want to look at this here. I said, your background does not hinder your future with God. And I went back through here and I said, your background does not determine what God can do with you or through you, but your faith does. Amen. Are you available? I wrote this. I said, the good news purges the bad with grace, mercy, and forgiveness. That's some good news. Amen. So we, we hit the bad news. We hit the good news. I got some better news. Let's talk about the eternal news. Amen. The impact of one. I'm talking about the impact of Jesus Christ in our life. Amen. Let's take a look at this. Got a lot of good scriptures for you guys to take down and review them through the week. What do we got? Eternal life. I know I'm going to repeat some of these that I read earlier, but I'm going to tell you what. You can't go wrong hearing God's word. All right. So we pulled that on this Romans 5, 17 and 21. Amen. It says, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace in his gift of righteousness. 
See, it always talks about, it's wonderful, it's great, it's, it's, it's awesome, right? For all who receive it will live and triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Also, 21 says, so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you're here today and you don't know about the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you don't know that Jesus has came to, to pay our sin debt in full, that he poured out his blood, satisfying what needed to be satisfied, the wrath of God there, so that we can have a relationship with the Lord and reinstates us in the family. Listen close. This is for you. And if you already know it, rejoice. Amen. Let's keep on going. Rescue. Has anybody ever been lost? Man. I mean, I'll tell you what. I, I got to tell you the story I probably told you before. How many people, I know a lot of people might remember. Do y'all remember Riverdale Shopping Center? All right. And they had a store, J.M. Fields. It's like as big as this building. <laughs> Maybe a little bit bigger. It's not real big compared to going. We, you know, usually we would go shopping every now and then. It'd be me, my dad, my mom, my sister, you know. Orders from headquarters, man, don't go here, you're right there and anything else. This time, we had my mom, my dad, my sister, two cousins, my aunt, my uncle, my grandparents. I got lost. How do you get lost? I still blame it on my cousin. I said, hey, man, they got mini bikes here. He says, they do. I said, they got mini bikes in here, man. Come on. I'm on a mission. I'm going to check out the mini bikes. And I look back, Michael was gone. I couldn't find him. I was lost. I mean, the lip was going. I was 17. No, I was, 10. I was about seven. And I was going, my dad's going. The person ever. My dad's not going to like this, right? What do they always tell you to do if you get lost? Don't leave the store. My parents love me. They always love me. I run out in the parking lot, make sure they didn't leave. Is that crazy? I would ask them, well, the car's still in here. It's good. What was I thinking? You know, kids nowadays, just, you know, just. Get on their iPhone or something say, hey, Mom, I'm over here. Bring money. You know? So I go back. I'm looking everywhere. I'm peeping in between the big mama drawers, everything. My grandmother's got to be here. I know she's over here. She's going to get a house coat. I'm just going all through there and everything. Else. And people going, I guess, and I go, all right. I got to go up there. You know, you're this big. You're this big going up to the counter. And the lady goes, yes. And you go, scared to pieces. I go, I'm lost. Terrified. Crying, boy. Tell you what. And she was so gracious. She said, excuse me, shoppers. There's a lost family in J.M. Peebles. <laughs> I love her. I'll never forget that. She didn't say I was lost. She said my family was lost. And my grandmother walked out behind those big mama drawers and said, get over here. I, was, I didn't care if she with me. I, I was like, Grandma, you're old, man. Look at this. I'm 48. I'm crying. Man, <laughs> I was terrified, man. Oh, my gosh. Something that doesn't have anything to do with it. You and your, your brothers and sisters ever did this? They had, they had gray, uh, gray squares, tiles, and they had white ones, and they had pink ones. And my sister, she would always come up with something cool. She would say, gray. <laughs> Yellow. Yellow. I mean, whatever. White. This, and we're going all through there. I'm going everywhere. That's probably what's wrong with my knees. But see, what I didn't realize is my sister would always let me go first. And she would always save the big jumps for me. Gray! I can't get there. Oh, you lose. You know? We would jump. We would, uh, that's pretty good, isn't it? 
I didn't cost us nothing. You know, I did. I one time, I have to tell you this. Me and my sister were playing, and we would jump out and scare each other through the clothes. Oh, man, I almost killed this woman right there. I jumped out. This old lady was there. I go, gotcha. She went, oh. I was like, whoa. Yeah, let's go back to playing the square game. Goodness gracious, man. Crazy. But we used to have some fun with nothing. You know, I mean, nothing. We wouldn't have anything. We, we'd do stuff like that. I mean, we were blessed, but we could have fun with the rock, man. So I got rescued. That's all I was saying. We got rescued. God showed his great love for us by sending, sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. And a, and a grace filled woman with a microphone at Jane Fields. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Righteousness. What does he say about righteousness? Right? It says this here. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship. Can't say it enough. With God, a new life for everyone. Relationship with God. Man, that's just powerful. Let me see where we're at here. Got my all crowd up here going down memory lane. Woo! So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Do you feel like you're friends with God? Now, I don't mean that necessarily, you know, that's my fishing buddy, come on, let's, you know, but there's peace. There's unity. That you can talk to God about anything. Have you ever been mad? I just, you don't have to raise your hand, but I just want you to think about it. Have you ever been mad at God? It's usually because, because we probably don't understand. You know, why did you let that happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? You know, but God is big enough, God, with his grace and mercy to still love you through that. You know, and, and I think that's, you know, when I talk to people sometimes and, and even myself, I go, man, I don't understand this and, and, and things like this. But you know what? This little peanut brain of mine is not going to understand the, the vastness of what God's doing. But what I've learned to do, and I pray through the Holy Spirit that I can continue to do, is trust what he's, what he's doing. And a lot of times I, I really, really, really try this. Instead of asking why. I say, what? Well, what are you showing me here? Because I know you love me. See, if you just said all that, I know God loves me. Right? How do you know that, buddy? How do you know that? Look to the cross. He's risen. He did that for me. He did that for you. But you got to take it personal. You got to receive it for yourself. Amen? So, so I can't question God's love if I really know what God's done for me. Right? I can, but I'm way out of line. Right? I might not understand it. I don't understand all the... Do I really understand his love? I'm trying to. I said this before. I saw my buddy last night. We talking about grace and mercy. And you guys like this, uh, this uh, illustration? You know, grace and mercy. You're riding. You're speeding. Cop pulls you over. What do we say mercy is? He says, look, I'm not going to give you a ticket. Grace would be that I'm going to fill your, your tank up with gas as well. It's more than enough. It's overflowing. See, that's what God got for us. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, look at this. Deliverance. Woo. Man. That's how someone was playing today. Man, it's like God's just breaking chains off stuff. Let go of that. Don't worry about that. I said you're forgiven. Don't worry about that. You can't change that. But I have to change my attitude about what I'm going to do about that. You know what? Forgiveness is an amazing thing, isn't it? We talk about it week after week about it's how it's freeing. And I want to remind us of this. Forgiveness, this is something the Lord showed me. If I forgive somebody, that doesn't mean I necessarily agree with the offense. It means that I'm not going to let that offense bind me and hold me and, and, and just chain me to some bad events. Amen? 
I want some, somebody needs to hear that today. I know it's me, but I think it's somebody else. You know, so, so if you forgive somebody or when you forgive somebody, think about how much God forgave you. Think about that. You know? I just don't think, I think, you know, sometimes I get going, I said, I said, boy, you, you, you used to think you were tough, didn't you, boy? I said, well, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. You know, I'll make the problem, I'll solve them. Well, guess what? I can make a whole lot more than I can solve. But then I start seeing how much I need the Lord, how much grace I need. And then the Lord comes around and is like, well, can't you extend that to somebody else? Well, at first you might say, well, but, no, yeah, um, just go back through what God's done for you. Who am I to say no? Who am I to say who comes in and who don't go out? Whatever the case is, who, whatever we're doing. It's about him. And this is his house and the door is open. You know? But you know what? I pray that God continues to work that in my life. That I choose the positive. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. Disjointedness. You ever have that at home or in, in a workplace or whatever? Man, that makes it mean, don't it? It's just like, man, you just start dreading. I don't even, man, I don't even, I don't even want to go. How many people on Sunday night, if something's going on at work, you, just, you start feeling it churning? Oh, man. I got this going Monday, right? I got, I got to deal with this. I got to deal with Joe Blow. I got to deal with Sally Sue and all that. But I want to tell you, you know what I found? If I pray for them and I pray for me in that situation, God soon works it out. And it might be just like Moses. You might get a couple of bumps and bruises before it all irons out. But if you take the high road, you're going to be better off. Amen? Take the high road. God can deliver us from all types of things. Take a look at this. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were what? Still enemies, right? We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in the wonderful new relationship with God because our life our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Think about that. As Christians, we still go through struggles. As Christians, we still miss the mark. As Christians, everything doesn't go right in our work, in our family, everything else. But don't you think that we can still find peace? Don't you think that when we start putting it up against the backdrop of what Jesus Christ has done, we can find just a little bit of peace? You know, hey, let's look at this again. He said, you know, for since our friendship with God was restored, are we walking in that restored new relationship? I pray that we are. And if we're not, say, Lord, I'm coming home. Coming home. He says, we've got room for you. Come on back, amen? Because this is what he says for us. Grace. Grace of God. <coughs> Romans 5.20 says this. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. Anybody ever had a problem seeing how sinful they were? We can find that pretty good, you know. Don't have to look long, or you can ask your buddy, or your friend, or your wife, or your husband, and they'll tell you, right? If they love you, right, they'll tell you. And it goes on and says, but as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. He goes the extra mile. What did I say over here on this? The bad news is not as bad as the good news is good. Your sin is not as bad as... As God's grace is good. I want to make sure I'm saying that right. I'm not saying sin's okay. Please listen to what I'm saying. I want you to know. This is my point. I want you to know that the grace of God. Is more than enough. To break the chains of deliverance. Rescue you. Bring righteousness. Bring right relationship with you. And deliverance from whatever's going on in your life. And I believe that. 
Do you believe that today? Do you believe God's love is more than enough? We say it a lot of times. God is more than enough. Are we living in the abundance of God being more than enough? I'm not talking about how many cars are in the driveway. I'm not talking about bank accounts. I'm talking about your relationship with the Lord today. And I pray that through looking at this, you say, you know what? Man, there's a lot of bad news out there. Yes, it is. But the good news is better. And the good news is Jesus Christ, the impact of one, transformed everything. So me and you can live in peace and harmony. And I said, look at this. I wrote this. I said, what were the folks of the Bible? Think about this. This was my, this was my closing thought that the Lord gave me last night. What were the folks of the Bible, yes, your kin folks now, and look through the line there, say about the impact of your life today for the kingdom of God? Think about that. When we look at Moses, we look at David, we look at Ruth, we look at Esther, we go, wow. Saints of, of old, saints of yesterday. If they were looking over the balcony of heaven at your life and my life, would they go, you can do it. Let's go. Or would they go, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm not saying that in condemnation. I'm saying that in education that, you know what? I want people to say, man, you go. Let's go. Let's go. And guess what? Sometimes I'm on the wrong path. And they say, let's go back over here. Let's keep running. So my question is, do you think that you would be pleased with the mirror of your life, the film of that, if we run it back, and just took snapshots of that? You ever think about that? You hear people, you know, they said, I, I, I drowned and I saw all these things happen. I don't know if it's so. I mean, I, I haven't drowned, so I don't know. But uh, I'm a good candidate for that because I can't swim. But uh, they say all these things that, uh, you know, flash before their eyes. If you had things flash before your eyes like that, would it be negative? And maybe it is. Not bringing that up to beat you down. I'm bringing that up so that we can get back in the game and run a race that is pleasing to God. Can't run it in your own strength. Don't have to run it in your own strength. We run it in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, I want to go ahead and pray for us. And uh, I'm just asking today, I, I, that, that last little thing really resonated with me that God showed you. And I pray that you think about it this week. And it's, I want you to pull the positive out of that. I don't want you to think, man, I messed up so much, can't be used. Man, oh, if you only knew. Well, guess what? Everybody's got a closet. Everybody has missed the mark and everything else. But I'm going to tell you what. Because of the impact of one, of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen? We can come boldly to the throne of grace. People say, who do you think you are? I say, how much time you got? Let me tell you what God's done in my life. And let me tell you, every day, I said, Lord, you got to help me with this. Lord, I need your forgiveness in this. Lord, I need your deliverance from this. I need, I need your, your, your grace and your mercy for this. And he says, I'm more than enough. I want you to know today, that God's more than enough. But if you're sitting here today and you don't know that God's more than enough, I'm speaking to you right here, right now. Lord, take my words and touch your hearts. I want you to know that God loves you. The Bible's very clear on that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And we make that hard. Jesus did the hard part. So if you're here today and you say, you know, I always ask the question. I said, if you die tonight, do you know for sure you go to heaven? A lot of people go, I hope so. Maybe. 
I don't know. Or they might just say, no, I know I wouldn't. Let me tell you how you can know. Let me tell you the truth of God's word. That Jesus Christ came and paid that fine for the sin, the separation that we had. He says, I love you. And he says, when you receive my gift of, of, of forgiveness, I set you in my family. You're secure. So if you're here today, I want to ask, are you secure in Christ? This is how we come to God, just as we are. No cleaning up, no fixing up, no nothing other than just, Lord, I need you. Have you ever said that? Lord, I need you right here, right now. I just need you right here, right now. If that's that's you, right here, it's your day. Lord, I need you. And just mean it from your heart. Say, Lord, I need you. Come into my life and forgive me of my sin. I believe you're the son of God, Lord. Today, I'm trusting in you. I need you. If that's you today, I just ask you, tell somebody before you leave. Say, you know what, buddy? I prayed that prayer. And we want to just come aside and just encourage you on what God has done for you today. And he wants to continue to walk in your life. If you're here today and you said, you know, I've, I've made that commitment. But boy, I waver. Well, guess what? You're on the same boat as everybody else. God says, you know what? Let me drive the bus. Let me take you home. Let me love you. I want to pray for each of us today. Father God, I thank you that there's here today, uh, people here today, I know that, that they're probably really dealing with that question. What I do? What I say? What will people think? Lord, the impact of one, I want to know what you think. And you tell me you love me. You tell me you love everyone here. And so I pray that you give them the courage to call on the name of Jesus for forgiveness of their sin. Lord, I pray today that we have just the courage to just stand strong and get back in the game and know that the enemy always wants us to buy the lie how we don't measure up or how we're not this or we're not that, but we qualify in Christ. And I pray for each one here for amazing week. I pray for peace and mercy. I pray for abundance of the the, the power of God to flow. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that whoever's just on the fence about, Lord, what do I do? That, Lord, you take their hand and they step over into your grace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.